0: You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United UnitedHealthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the Eastern Border. This time we're back with some more news and a bit more existential situation when it comes to Russia because. Ugh, it's all a bit of a mess. See, the Western world is trying to convince... And this is the start of this whole situation. The Western world is starting to kind of convince Russia that... No, 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 this is not an existential threat for Russia. Meanwhile, Gyrkin is claiming that it is. And uh, I tend to agree with him. Since I still believe that no matter what the West says... The collapse of... of, If Russia loses this war, and they will... Well... (laughs) I, I... Either it's the Russian collapse or it's world's largest North Korea. No one's going to allow that to happen. It's going to be a messy, terrible thing that's happening. See, I, I watched the latest Girkin's two hour stream and um, there, there they had a guy who was from Odessa and apparently he was a terrorist. He had actually sat in a prison in Ukraine for four years, but he was then exchanged for, for some soldiers who had defended Azov Stadia. It was all messy. But he had some strong opinions about this whole existential threat situation. You see, on on one hand, I kind of understand how the Western liberals are trying to portray this whole situation, saying that, you know, let's not make it People's War of Russia or something. But again, I I fall down on the side of, of my mentor from the Russian side, Alexander Nevzorov, who states that, no, no, this isn't just Putin's war, this is, for the larger part, Russian cultural war. Sure, there are people who are against it in Russia, but, like, even if the pro-war activists are saying that the support for the war is ever-increasing and all that stuff, right? I don't don't quite much believe them, but uh, there are large percentage of Russians who are for this war. Of course, not everyone, and don't want to paint everyone with the same stroke but uh i wouldn't be you know saying that see for for me saying that this is just just putin's war is about the same as saying that world war 2 was just hitler's war or or stalin's war stalin's and hitler's war and no one else was involved it's just not the case i i don't i don't see it that way it's uh, the russian people are victims of propaganda and they need to be saved in a way I suppose but uh but but there's gonna be a certain deep depotensiification I, I suppose that's that's how we put it after this whole situation there's just an insane amount of mess and this this isn't russia doing something out of the ordinary this is Russia just being historical russia this is what they have always done this is their culture this is what is Russia I mean this is the current actions what russia are doing in ukraine are perfectly normal and expected from russia as that is what they have been doing throughout their whole historical existence and this is what is expected from russia and this is what everyone who was a neighbor of russia just sees them doing constantly this is why us and poland and finland and georgia and everyone else are are so apathy about the situation because this is exactly normal this isn't the situation that is somehow out of the ordinary. This is what they do. This is what they have done. This is what they will do in the future, if nothing serious changes. So, yeah, I'm I'm sorry. I can't really defend the position that says that this isn't the existential threat for Russia, because once again, as I have always stated, Russia is the world's last colonial empire, except it's land-based instead of, you know, naval-based. And... All the regions, you know, Tatarstan and Chechnya and all these other places, well, they deserve their rights of self-determination just as everyone else. And, and Russia sort of needs to collapse because it is, it is a weird place. It's truly not a, um, not a place that, you know, is a nation state or, or built of any sort of melting pot ideals or anything like that. Currently, you know, if you, if, if you look at United States ideology, and again, this is probably going to irk many people, but kind of have to look at this, at least from what I understood this. And, you know, this comes from my visit to Smithsonian and, and you know, the, the Museum of, of American History and all this stuff and democracy. The United States are obsessed with um, with constitution, with founding fathers, you know. Uh, you don't have a nation state as such to back up everything that's happening there, but you do have your constitution, you do have your ideals. And, and then if you look at Russia, the same... The same thing. Uh, then, um, the what do you see right now is homophobia and fascism. I mean, I'm sorry, but it it just exists there. And and just just to put this in perspective, because again, so, someone on Reddit has been like saying bad things about me, and and I, I don't even want to respond to that because that's stressing me out and I haven't had to deal with. I'm just saying that yes, yes, I do see Russia collapsing still, and I. And I kind of don't understand why we um you know why we just don't treat our opponents and enemies as you know enemies. We don't have to be friendly to everyone i i I'm not that kind of person i I have my friends, I have my enemies, and I just sometimes don't understand what exactly is going on in the global diplomacy, but hey maybe maybe this maybe my views and everything is exactly the reason why I'm not running the global diplomacy and politics, and why I'm just making this podcast, and this is just my opinion, you know, you might hate me for it, and I might be totally wrong, ready to admit this, always, and, you know, like I said on, on Heaton's show, um, I'd be okay with, with us, you know, Western Western side giving some sort of deal to Russia, although they would also deny it, because that would be just bizarre, it's all just weird. <laughs> what What the Russian pro-war guys are most scared of is just this dangling carrot in front of them, that's that's what they've openly stated that you know if as long as the west keeps dangling a carrot in front of their heads that something can go on peacefully you know then russian oligarchs will just just not go full on and things will just just happen i suppose but yeah that's about that, that's about the philosophical issues just because i've been i've been like looking at so many sort of Good Russians, Russian liberals who are fighting amongst each other. I mean, the Valny's group literally published for unknown reasons amidst this war. Right? They they published an investigation where they uh, accuse the the ex chief uh, editor of Echo Moskve of, of the liberal uh, newspaper, newspaper and uh, radio station that I used to follow, who was which was based in Moscow and which was there from 1981. And they accused the the, the guy who who ran the whole thing about receiving money from from Moscow mayor's office. And then, you know, <laughs> Venediktov, the guy who is the well used to be the chief editor, now they're kind of in unofficial relationship th- situation there. Um, he, he published a thing where basically it turns out that uh team team's one of the leader guys, Volkov, right, he had been literally asking and you know, lobbying to remove sanctions from some of the Russian oligarchs and both of those things is something that I don't believe Russian liberals should be doing at this point, because yeah, even though the oligarch that they asked to be removed was from the 90s, he still, you know, hadn't said anything about against the war or anything like that. It was just, just a huge mess. And then that that caused another huge conflict, and now this Volkov guy, he's resigned from the Vinny's position, like the chief, um chief of staff, basically. And he's out. And he's just out, and just Look, this is this is the kind of thing you know. Th- these these Russian liberal people—they are so interested into making themselves look good, and even in the war, even when we have a clear enemy, like I say, and again, bit rough here, but hey, please forgive me. Again, even in this this time, they they can't get away from their own. Petty little squabbles, and they're the guys who are supposed to build up the new Russia and take over Putin. I'm I'm sorry, but uh Putin's an asshole, but these guys are just incompetent terribly and they have this. Cool
0: fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare Short-Term Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.
1: Pink pony, roses on everywhere. Everything fluffy, nice marshmallow view of the world, and I'm, I might be. Um, then again, I might be too jaded. But I have my reasons to be super jaded about the situation. I just don't believe any of this mess. At any rate, <laughs> uh, after all this situation, I just had to get it out because the whole situation with with Moskvy and the Vietnamese team just dragged on my nerves so much, oh my. But uh, you want to hear about the front, that's why you're here, so here we go. See, the leadership of the armed forces of Ukraine, and this is going to be a recap here, has decided to continue its operation to defend Bakhmut. Like I mentioned last time, and this is no official now. Zelensky explained that if Russian forces capture the city, they could use the position to advance further towards Kramatorsk and Slavyansk. It's not clear, however, how the defenders of Bakhmut will help Kramatorsk. The defense of the miles-wide supply corridor between them already eats up significant resources. The waterlogged country roads used to transport supplies and evacuate the wounded are littered with skeletons of pickups and armored vehicles. Wagner Group artillery reaches the entire corridor, although the private military company has not been able to encircle it fully. This, by the way, uh, pro-Russian guys are also just bankering about. Wagner Group mercenaries have captured half of Bakhmut itself, and their ranks are advancing on Chassiv Yar, the most important point for the Ukrainian defense. The Ukrainian military, military's most pressing task is holding on to Yar because its capture by Russian forces would pose a real threat to Kramatorsk and Slovyansk. But in total, in Bakhmut... Ukraine's armed forces withdrew from the eastern part of Bakhmut, beyond the Bakhmutka river to the center. Wagner group is reportedly trying to make forced crossing of the narrow, shallow river. Wagner can already attack on the western bank, though the group has bridgeheads to the south and north of the city. They are also trying to reach an exit route from the city in the south. If they capture that exit route, Ukrainian forces will lose control of a road running through Ivanskia, which Bakhmut's defenders use for supplies. Another road is... Uh, through Chromovey is a 2 km, 1.2 miles, march from mercenaries' positions. For now, the Ukrainians are holding their positions in the heights near the city's exit. The defense has held out for several weeks in Ivansky itself, though the road through Ivansky is under fire and the bridge across the Seversky Donetsk Donbass Canal has been blown up. Wrecked Ukrainian equipment lines a a small road uh, running along the canal. In the north, Wagner Group's pressure on Khromove, where Ukrainian forces have managed to repair a damaged bridge, has slackened. However, the Russian mercenaries have shifted their focus further north, where they claim to have captured Dubovo Vasilyevka. This creates a new danger for Ukrainian forces. Wagner Group will clearly try to attack Chasiv-Yar from Bohdanovka and Okhryovasiljevska and bring down the entire Ukrainian defense. Two things could hold the degradation of Ukrainians' defense. A serious offensive by Ukraine, which Wagner boss Evgeny Pergozhin says is in the works, or a crisis within Wagner Group, which uh, seems to be locked in a permanent conflict with Russia's Ministry of Defense, which is, again, weird. Now, uh, United States military experts, who recently visited Bakhmut, have <coughs> expressed concern that its continued defense may yield diminishing returns. Ukrainian casualties in Bakhmut are increasing due to Russian forces breaking through on the northern and southern flanks. Now to The Russian military's renewed offensive against Avdiyevka went almost unnoticed until against the backdrop of Ukraine's dramatic defense of Bakhmut. Still, Avdiivka is a large suburb of Donetsk and one of Ukrainian armed forces' most important fortified areas. Since Russian forces occupied fortified areas in Piski and near a runway at the Donetsk airport at the villages of Vodnyaya and Opitne, Avdiivka has been partially encircled. Russian troops are now advancing towards Opitne and Vodyanya from the north of Avdiivka. Their success has been limited, although they've reportedly made some progress near Krasnohorivka. The main change in the situation, which could have far-reaching consequences, is that Russia's air force, for the first time in a year, is bombing the front lines and the nearest reinforcements. Russia has not carried out such attacks since April 2022 out of fear of losses from Ukrainians' air defenses. So it's not entirely clearly why Russia has returned to this tactic. It's possible that Russian command believes that Ukraine's air defenses are spread out and weakened from Russia's so-called strategic bombardment of Ukraine's energy infrastructure. Also, in this area, one Sohoi Su-34 bomber, which was likely taking part in bombardments on the front lines, was shot down over Yanukyyev, 35 kilometers, about 21 miles from Avdiivka. though it's not entirely clear under what circumstances or how it was downed. The bombings continued after that. If Russian aircraft can bomb Ukrainian positions and avoid heavy losses, it could seriously alter the situation at the front. Well, therefore, Ukrainians need more air defense, Ukrainians need more tanks and heavy equipment and... Well, uh, sadly speaking, everything, to be honest. And now, on to Kherson. Ukraine's armed forces seem to be winning the so-called boat battle on the Dnipro, in which both sides launch small assault operations on the islands near Kherson. According to the latest footage, Ukraine's armed forces were able to land on Belogurdovo island, on the eastern bank of the Dnipro. Ukraine's armed forces may try to build a small bridgehead on the left bank, if not for a future offensive into Crimea, then at least to draw draw Russian reserves into this direction. As you can see, all the activities that are happening are just very concentrated in this small area in the front lines. It's just Bakhmut and, well, southeast, so that you can put it, you know. War is not intensifying. The war kind of needs to intensify because the more intense the war, the more likely that a military loss is gonna be inflicted upon Putin. And I I truly really believe that you know only a military defeat can force Russia to back down. No talking will happen. Although although obviously. The pro-war Z guys think that that's what the Russian government is going for. They kind of refuse to believe that Russian government is incompetent even in this area. But yeah. The Russians are clearly, at least in the military side, aiming for a crushing defeat of the Ukrainian military. This cannot be allowed. And I believe that, uh, yeah, the opposite should happen. And we should just focus all of our forces to aid the Ukraine and ensure that a complete military defeat of uh, of Russian forces in the battlefield is achieved, and uh, yeah, that's about it for today. Bit bit of a philosophical, you know, th- discussion and th- thought about how the whole war is going. Bit about news news from the front. We'll continue reporting, and uh, yeah, we're getting better. And and now I don't e- I don't even think that I'm gonna argue with anyone on the internet ever again. Just probably not gonna happen. But yeah, please, uh, thanks to all my patrons, and please, if you consider supporting the show, you can become a, our patron on the patreon.com slash Eastern Border, or you can go to the lv and click the donate button there for a one-time donation. Much appreciated. And we'll continue reporting and uh, preparing and, you know, trying to see through this war, and yeah, I'm definitely going to write a book after this. So. Uh, just have to sort things out. До свидания, товарищи, and um, as always...